All right. Good morning. Excuse me one second. We're going to confer on something. Do you guys normally stand when you read the Bible? Do you usually stand? Okay. He said, I don't have to give out $100 bills to get you to say amen. <laughs> Praise the Lord. We got a good crowd in Sunday school. Is this normal in here or are we bringing things together? We brought things together. This is great. Good crowd. Great crowd. Uh, Pastor Butler, Mrs. Butler, good to see you this morning. Thanks for stopping in. And good to be with you. I uh, hope you're not playing hooky. Amen. Over there. Uh, but uh, good to see you all this morning. My wife made it back. I left this morning uh, from the parsonage over at or prophet's chamber uh, over with Canal Fulton. Good friend of ours, Pastor Whitney Owens over there, allowed us to save your church some money. Amen. And put us over there. And so it's about an 18 minute drive. And I left the house this morning uh, ready to go, I thought. And I left my presentation back at the house. So you haven't met my wife. This is my wife, Trista, right here, uh, sitting by, uh, I don't know if you know Andrea. Uh, you might, might not. Uh, and she just got in. So they have the video here. And if you guys want to cue it, I'll be ready to go in just a moment. Feel free to pull that up. We're going to show the video multiple times today. So this is probably the best time to fall asleep. You're not quite at it. And you can miss this one if you want. But then we'll show it again here in a little bit. I'm going to talk over the video. Again, we're the Sharpettas missionaries to an island called Vieques, Puerto Rico. It's uh, one of three islands that is Puerto Rico, uh, makes up Puerto Rico. We have 9,000 people on our island. It's an island that's four miles tall when you're looking at the map and 21 miles long very small island, and God called us there in 2014. We arrived in 2017, and of course, as you know, you were praying at the time, and you sent funds and help, but we experienced a hurricane right after we got there. All that God works together in his perfect plan to confirm again and again and again his calling in our life, and I'll explain some more of that in just a moment, uh, but I'm going to talk through the video. I don't make good videos. These are fast pictures. you got to look fast, but you got three services to see them. And so if you miss something, it'll come back around. And I'm going to say the same jokes at the same time in the video. And so that's what we're going to do. Okay. And so if we can go ahead and start playing, my kids, Clayton, Callie, Oliver, and AJ are all in Sunday school classes. They're going to enjoy that. Uh, but they're all here. You'll get to meet them in just a little bit. Make sure you visit our table. Go ahead, fellas. Missionaries to Vieques, Puerto Rico, you'll get to know how to say it by the end of the day. And uh, that's our beautiful family back in 2020. All the pictures that you're going to see are people that received Jesus Christ as their Savior since the time we arrived until date. And there's more than what's pictured. But these are pictures after Hurricane Maria, the areas we were able to minister in different shelters and different services out in the plaza. This young lady here even received Jesus Christ just days before she went to be with the Lord. Amen. And then, of course, we hold discipleship classes, which are biblical. Amen. Amen. Uh, teaching them to observe all things. And so uh, all these people uh, went through discipleship classes and we're very thankful for that. We get to do something beautiful. On Easter Sunday, on Resurrection Sunday, we hold sunrise services. This is 6 a.m. in the morning. Too early for any Baptist preacher to be up. And we're singing, uh, uh, I stand upon the rock. What never changes here as the sun's coming up. What a beautiful time to have a service. Amen. Look how little.
And of course, we lead people to Christ. We disciple all that are able and willing, rather. And then, of course, we are baptizing them after salvation. And all the people that you'll see, this fella here has been uh, saved and baptized. And of course, this is during uh, COVID. We had services in our yard and the people spread out to where they were comfortable. And just a good time. My son, AJ, was actually saved during a COVID service in our front yard. We'll never forget that day. And again, more uh, discipleship pictures here. That young lady on the couch has, is with the Lord now. That man there is with the Lord now. When we think about why did God send us to Vieques for at least those three, amen, who are now with the Lord. But these are their certificates they received for baptism. This man here was worshiping this idol every morning at 3 a.m. in the morning doing vile things. And he got saved, amen, and uh, uh, was destroying that there for himself. And uh, my son Clayton also got saved. He got saved when my dad, Hector Sharpetta, was preaching over there on the mission field. And I had the privilege of baptizing all my kids there in Puerto Rico in salt water, which is more potent, you know, than uh, regular water, I think. Uh, so we had always a good service to be out there baptizing people. Uh, our fellowships are much like yours. Sometimes I think they're prettier. Look at that. Uh, but this is our Christmas celebration. And those are the last two people that accepted Christ before we came back to the States for furlough family time in Puerto Rico, we enjoy music a lot, you'll see. And our kids took music classes and we were in sports. Clayton, Kelly, Oliver, AJ all learned this instrument, which is called the cuatro guitar. It's an instrument that's indigenous to Puerto Rico. And so they wanted to get out or we put them out in the community rather. And this is their teacher, Camacho. We wanted to be a part as much as possible of the, of the community that we we're a part of. And then Clayton's playing baseball here on Los Humildes. These are not my children, actually. They look like me, but they're not. And just two kids on the team. Callie liked to play volleyball on the mission field. And uh, these are her, her friends here wishing her a happy birthday. And if you've ever been on a Hispanic mission field, you'll know that they all have something in common, I think. Uh, they smear your cake in your face to say happy birthday, we love you. I don't know, is that the same over there, brother? Yeah, I don't know why that is. And then, uh, of course, they support our ministry by coming to our church on special days. This is my wife looking crazy uh, because she's about to get on the ferry. And that's just part of life over there. I got to get that picture out, honey. And then wildlife, of course, is different in Vieques, Puerto Rico. Our kids love it. They love playing with their friends. They play kind of rough. That's why this be careful. The kids are playing. AJ broke his leg over there. If you remember that, you were praying. I know you were. Andrea told me. And uh, we had to fly him over to the main island on this small airplane here. And uh, But he's doing great. He went over there, got a bar put in his leg. It's on my keychain right now if you want to see it. And uh, we, he's doing wonderful. He's running all over the place. Many opportunities for outreach and being a witness in the community. We're always looking for new ways to do that from Hurricane Maria and, and using those um, you know, uh, relief efforts to get the gospel into people's hands to youth activities like this, where we saw this group come out and uh, had a special speaker come over and speak directly to them in their heart language. And then because of that, 11 of those kids received Jesus Christ as their savior. That was that huddle around there. They were all hearing the gospel there very clearly presented to them. They all accepted Christ uh, and our, took our kids to youth camp. That young man there got saved on the field with his mama. And then we have this wonderful blessing. And I'm going to share more about this after this video. If you just watch this and listen to how good God has been. In the harvest field now ripen, there's a work for all to do. Heart the voice of God is calling to the harvest calling you. Little is much when God is in it. 
was the place you're called to labor seemed too small and little known it is great if god is in it and he'll not forget his own there is much when god is in it labor not for wealth or fame there's a crown and you can win it if you go in jesus name Here is in it, and our race on earth is run. He will say, if we are faithful, welcome home, my child, well done. There is much when God is in it, labor not for wealth or fame. There's a crown, and you can win it if you go. Amen. And God told us to launch out our nets into the deep. And we did in Viecus and there are souls repped for the harvest. Uh, and so we thank the Lord for that and all that he's been able to do there. Five and a half years we've been in Viecus, Puerto Rico, now back on furlough. There's much more we'll tell you about in the coming services. Uh, if you leave after Sunday school, you're not, not going to get no. OK. And so for the sake of time, we're going to get right into the Sunday school hour. Nehemiah chapter one, please. Nehemiah chapter one is where we'll be. I hope you enjoyed that. I sure did. And you'll see in the coming services that uh, I'm very repetitive. You're going to hear the exact same thing if you miss something. But please be polite and laugh at all my jokes the second time. Okay, Nehemiah chapter 1, and we're just going to read a few verses today. I want to get us prepared for the whole day, if that's possible. I know you've been in Missions Month. I know you've had Brother Morrison, Brother Overfelt, Brother Peachtree, and Brother Suglio. Uh, these past few weeks, we've been praying for all of those services as it's come along. All of them are friends. I, I know them. I just met Brother Suglio, a fine fellow, there a couple, uh, this past week, and what a good guy. I hope you guys are getting involved in that mission there. But uh, what's a wonderful month it's been so far, amen? Uh, except I leaned over to my sister Andrea and I said, how long have you been using the creepy dolls? <laughs> I said, I feel like they're all staring at me. I'm just kidding. Uh, but that is a neat display. I like that a lot. I like how the church just takes over the platform and says, this is what the month is all about, missions. And what a good reminder it is. And I kid, ladies, please don't be mad at me. I have my brother's sense of humor, uh, Jeremy, if you know him. Somebody already walked up to me this morning and said uh, something about, oh, you're just like your brother. And I'd appreciate it if you don't say that anymore. <laughs> Today, that would be nice. Don't offend me. Nehemiah chapter 1, the words of Nehemiah, the son of, oh mercy, Hakaliah. And it came to pass in the month of Chislu in the 20th year, as I was in Shushan, the palace, that Hanani, one of my brethren, came, he and certain men of Judah, and I asked them concerning the Jews that had escaped, which were left of the captivity, and concerning Jerusalem. And they said unto me, the remnant that are left of the captivity there in the province are in great affliction and reproach. The wall of Jerusalem also is broken down and the gates thereof are burned with fire. Listen. And it came to pass when I heard these words that I sat down and wept and mourned certain days and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. All this month 
preachers have been standing in your pulpit and have been sharing with you that Jerusalem lieth in waste. Uh, the world lieth in waste. Uh, there's things going on. It, it's not getting any better. There's still sinners in need of a savior. And Jerusalem lieth in waste. Is there not a need, right? Is there not a, a call for us to get busy with what God's called us to do? You've been faithful in your missions giving. And I'll, and I'll just say, I hope that wasn't my mud. Nope. Uh, you've been faithful in your service giving to us in your missions giving. And I want to say thank you for that. But it's not just finances. Amen. It's not about money. That's not what this month is all about. Now, sometimes we get sidetracked and, and we want to make it about getting the funds in the church so that we can have a plan going forward to get the gospel to the rest of the world. But that's really not what it's about. It's about men standing in here trying to encourage you about the need all over the world, not just on the mission field, but also here in Canton, Ohio. So they're standing here and you're hearing the words as Nehemiah heard the words of the distress of his people. And then it says in response to that plea, and it came to pass when I heard these words that I sat down and wept and mourned certain days and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. So simply, I'm going to just give us this thought, preparing us for the next service, preparing us perhaps uh, for this year post-missions conference of preparing our heart for the mission. Preparing our heart for the mission. A wonderful example of Nehemiah. We're going to be in Nehemiah chapter 3 and 4 in the next service. And so what a great way to get us introduced into this story. You see here in verse 4, it says simply that he wept. I can, I can be weepy sometimes. I, I can be soft hearted. But I understand that a lot of men aren't. And even today, in, in, with technology and so, so much that we see and we take in, we, we've lost the tenderness of our hearts and our hearts are, have gotten hardened to the point where even uh, ladies are finding it difficult to shed a tear, to care. Uh, but the Bible says here that he was moved so much that he wept. I don't know what this month has been like for you, but have you been moved yet this month so that it has touched the eye ducts? Have you been moved so much that it has touched your heart so much that we've shed a tear? What does the Bible say in Psalm 126.6? He that goeth forth and, oh my, he that goeth forth and Weepeth, bearing precious seed, shall doubtless come again rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. Uh, there is a connection to the heart with weeping. John eleven thirty five. 35. Jesus wept. Amen. There's a connection to the heart when we weep. If we have not shed a tear lately, I would start praying, Lord, give me tears. Give me my tears for Canton, Ohio. Give me my tears for Ohio. Give me my tears for the United States. Give me my tears for, let me be more soul conscious, more lost conscious, if we will. He wept. Uh, when we weep, we are simply touched by an experience or realization. That's simply what brings tears. Something happens in your life unexpectedly and you'll find yourself weeping. And then there's times when we will sit and think about something and it'll bring tears. 
We need our tears back if we're going to be ready for the mission. Secondly, it says here he mourned certain days. Weeping may come from an experience or realization, but listen, I was, I was trying to think of how to explain where mourning comes in to our sadness. And I was praying last night and looking over my messes last night, trying to be ready for today. And I came up with this. I don't know if it's exactly right, but uh, mourning comes from meditating on or letting that experience or realization take over your thoughts for prolonged amounts of time. Have you ever lost somebody? And you go through a mourning time? Well, it's because your thoughts can't leave that person. Everything you see in your house reminds you of that person. Somebody calls and you think it's that person. You walk in the door and you say, honey, I'm home. Because of that, that's what mourning comes from. I was touched. It affected me to the point where I was weeping. And even though the tears may pass, there's still a season of mourning. There's still a season of, of contemplation on what this is happening in my life. What, what is going on? And even though he was immediately touched, he sat down and mourned, and contemplated, and meditated on the need of Jerusalem, life, and waste. You might have been touched by a preacher in one of your services, but folks, have, did we take it out of here? <clears throat> did we just weep in here at this altar, and then we went out to the buffet? Or did we go out mourning? Did we go out thinking about it? Does it bother us to the point where it's hard to sleep because there's people that we know that are lost and dying and going to hell and we have not done what we're supposed to do? Do we mourn to the point where it brings sadness on us for the lack of our action, uh, for the lack of our confidence or courage or whatever it might be, or just the fact that there's people that are lost and dying and going to hell? Are we finding ourselves mourning, meditating, contemplating the need of the world. It says here that he was mourning for certain days. As in the loss of a loved one, you might wear black traditionally. Sometimes we don't do it much anymore, but traditionally black was a sign of mourning. It was a display to everybody. Uh, have you ever, have you ever uh, said a joke uh, to somebody concerning somebody who had passed on and you say, too early? Have you ever said that too early yet? No, probably. You're looking at me like, no, I've never joked about somebody's death before. Well, I have, okay? And you might say, too early? Why? Because we're still in mourning. We might be able to joke a year from now about someone's, you know, jokes that they used to live or something they might have said right before they died or, or things like that. But there's a time of mourning, but we can't stay there. It says it was for certain days. When you're in that place of mourning, a lot of times, because it says that he sat down and mourned certain days, and we, we can't stay in this position. We do have to do something, and you'll find in, in Nehemiah chapter 3, amen, he does do something. In Nehemiah chapter 2, he does do something about what he experienced. Um, he mourned certain days, Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 4, a very uh, timely passage for uh, funerals and things like this. We oftentimes mention, it says there that there's a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance. And then we come to this next 
part of the verse where it says he fasted. He fasted. Okay, so we've we've been touched. Now we meditate upon it. And now we're trying uh, to get a hold of God on it is what fasting involves is getting a hold of God to the point where we are demonstrating to not just the Lord, but also to our flesh. Paul said in the New Testament that we battle against our flesh, and it's the flesh that decides when uh, you can stop forgetting or stop, stop thinking about the lost and dying world. Was, okay, you, did you know there's a ball game on? Didn't you know the NCAA tournament's going on? Well, don't worry so much about all this spiritual stuff over here. It's time to move on. Our flesh will fight against that. And what fasting does is it puts our flesh in check. That's what it says. No, the spirit is going to be in control, and I'm going to identify with the Lord in that, and I'm going to turn all of my flesh uh, towards the Lord and say, Lord, I'm giving you everything. Hear my prayers. That's what fasting involves. And, and fasting is primarily to do with food. But fasting also for me, if you've seen me, I've gained some weight. And so fasting for me personally is a sacrifice. And I think there are other ways that we can sacrifice. Fasting is a great way. But do you understand that when we pass out these cards that I don't have here, these faith, do you have faith promise cards? Somewhere. When we pass out these faith promise cards, this is my imaginary faith promise card. When we pass these out, we're, we're, we might be asking you to sacrifice. Now, no American sacrifices to the point where you're going to be thrown out of your home. I mean, right? I mean, let's face it. We all go to Starbucks. We all go to McDonald's. We all, we're all doing that. And so when we're saying sacrifice, we're not saying sacrifice to the point where it hurts you, your family, or as a father, you can't take care of your family. We're saying sacrifice from the areas of your flesh that are not necessary. Cut out two of your three streaming services. Those are the areas where we need to be fasting from and saying, Lord, this year I'm going to do this and see what God does in your life. See how God blesses you. And if you're like most of us, you'll find money somewhere else for those streaming services, I think. But we need to commit to make some sacrifices for what has touched our hearts, for what we've been meditating upon. What will I sacrifice for the Lord? Nehemiah fasted certain days. And then he prayed. When it's all said and done, we can do nothing in and of ourselves. We need the power of God. When it's all said and done, you can do everything in your power. You can weep, you can mourn, you can fast. But unless we have the power of God on what we're trying to do, it's for naught. If we're doing it in our flesh, if we're making those sacrifices in our flesh, we're saying, I'm just going to give X amount of dollars because I, I just want to and I can do it, then it's, it's just going to be uh, works. It's going to be works. One man has said, uh, everything is either worship or works. And a lot of times, even our missions giving is works. Have you prayed and sought the Lord on not just what to do in the area of your finances? I, I, I personally despise speaking on finances. It, I, I don't like it, but it's part of ministry. Amen. It's part of what we're doing. We know how, how, the, how the church is run. 
But we can pray about those things. But have you prayed about the souls in your community? Have you got to the point where you care not, oh, listen, not care about filling the pews of the church, not care about getting us back to where we were five, seven, ten years ago, not care about that, amen, but care about the souls that are dying and going down. God, the Bible says, he will build his church, amen? But Jesus is asking you and I to do something that he, I'm going to say, cannot do, or perhaps will not do, and that is we are the mouthpiece of God. He says, how shall they hear unless somebody goes and tells them? How shall they hear unless there's a preacher? This is something that God has ordained us to do in our community and across the world. And he's given us this great vehicle to do it by, the church of God. We are connected, you and I, and you give us money. Thank you for that. Appreciate it. But because you give us money, I don't stress out on the mission field, quite frankly. You know what I mean? I don't stress out. I can concentrate on what I'm supposed to be doing over there. I can pay my bills. I can buy food to continue doing the ministry, but it's because of you giving to missions. But that's not where it ends. It's here in your community. You have to do the other half. You have to be a witness as to what God has done for you. You know what a witness is. If you see an accident, you might have to give a witness statement. You saw something. You experienced something. And now you have to tell somebody about it. Well, that's what is being a witness of Jesus Christ. You should have experienced something. And now you're telling somebody else about it. I wonder how long has it been since you've wept, mourned, fasted and prayed, sacrificed and prayed, and has, have told somebody else about their need, have told somebody else about the Savior. As you go forward through this year, as we leave Missions Month, I, I pray that the spirit of Missions Month never leaves Anchor Baptist Church. The spirit of Missions Month needs to continue to go forward. And as we go forward into this year, as we try to prepare our hearts for what God has for us, these are the things that we need to look at our lives, uh, examine ourselves. I don't like to go to the doctor. I don't like to go to the dentist. I don't like to go to anywhere where I might get bad news. But church is a place where we come in and it is a weekly checkup. That's the purpose. The purpose of church is not to come in and uh, to be encouraged. It is a place of encouragement, but it's a checkup. Where am I at? Am I doing what I'm supposed to be doing? And you know very well that the, the churches in America have just become lackadaisical. We've just become lazy. We've become traditional. We've become, I've been in church all my life, and I've been a member of this church since it started, and, and I was a founding member of the church. That's, that's become what church is. And that means more to us than, well, I brought that family into church and I brought that family into church and, and I brought that family and I'm working on another family out there and I got my neighbor, he's about to come to church and, and I've been witnessing to people and being soul conscious, amen? amen. 
We need to take this spirit and say, God, work on my heart. Give me my tears. Uh, let's meditate through the day upon uh, the lost and dying world and what God wants us to do. You see that as he prayed, I want to give you two quick things. We're done. He turned to the only true God of heaven. And you look in verse six and seven. He says, let thine ear now be attentive. Let thine eyes open that thou mayest hear the prayer of thy servant, which I pray before thee now day and night for the children of Israel, thy servants and confess the sins of the children of Israel, which we have sinned against thee. Both I and my father's house have sinned. First of all, we need to make sure that it's a prayer of confession before we go out and try to be righteous among the heathen, we might say, uh, we need to make sure that we are not heathen, that we are right with the Lord and that we uh, are trying to follow the Lord, that we confess our sins. And you also notice in verse 10, now these are thy servants and thy people whom thou hast redeemed by thy great power and by thy strong hand. Uh, it was a prayer of dedication. And we're, we're going to not only pray uh, and confess those prayers, but dedicate ourselves and dedicate his work and dedicate all that we're going to put our hands to for the Lord. We're going to say, uh, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your father, which is in heaven. And so that prayer is going to be one of dedication that this is all for him. Everything we do, Lord, what we want to go forward doing this year, we don't want to do it to grow Anchor Baptist Church. We want to do it because you're worthy. Because you saved me and I want to do something for you that you've commanded me to do. But I want to do something to show you how much I love you, how much you're worthy of my every service. Amen. Lord, thank you so much for the Sunday School Hour. I pray that you'd go with us now as we fellowship with one another, encouraging one another. And Lord, I pray you take us into the next service time, prepared, ready to go, and that we would uh, find it in our hearts. If there's anything uh, through the week that has kept us from being here in the right spirit, we have long work hours at night. We have things that are bothering our flesh. I pray that we just leave it to the side, leave it at the front door, and that we come in here looking for you, seeking your uh, word, uh, and Lord, that we might leave from here more encouraged, more right with you to do your will in this community. I pray you go with us now uh, through this time today as we try to serve you in Jesus' name. Amen. Pastor. So we stand to our feet with our heads bowed and eyes closed. Maybe God spoke to your heart this morning. Maybe you say, boy, I need to, I need to cry more. I need to have tears. I need to be mourning for the lost people. Jesus went about in Matthew 9 and, and, and he was moved with compassion because of the multitudes, because they were as sheep who had no shepherd. There is a lost world. It's around us every single day of the week. We need to be mourning. We need to be concerned about that. We ought to be fasting. We ought to be praying. We ought to be reaching the world. Not just through our missionaries. We, we do that. Praise the Lord. We have an opportunity to do that, a privilege to be able to support missionaries and help them. But personally, we also need to be reaching out into our communities, into our workplaces, into the stores that we shop at, the gas stations we go to, everywhere to see people saved. If God's spoken to your heart, the altar's open.